Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Today in Science from Wired. The Trump administration left Biden with a rocket dilemma. Mike Pence promised to land on the moon in 2024, but that's fallen out of reach. So what now? By Eric Berger, Ars Technica. About two years ago, when Mike Pence was vice president, he gave the most consequential space policy speech of his time in office. This was during a National Space Council meeting at Marshall Space Flight Center in Alabama, And he laid out the Trump administration's plans to land humans on the moon by the year 2024. What he said to the engineers leading development of NASA's Space Launch System rocket was, We must redouble our efforts here in Huntsville and throughout this program. We must accelerate the SLS program to meet this objective. But know this, the president has directed NASA and Administrator Joe Bridenstine to accomplish this goal by any means necessary. Now, at the time, the NASA engineers at Marshall told Mike Pence that they were confident that the SLS rocket would make its debut flight in 2020, and that would set up a schedule that allowed astronauts to return to the moon by 2024. But even so, Pence maintained that he was not committed to any single rocket or contractor. The moon was the goal, not the means of reaching it. He said, if our current contractors can't meet this objective, then we'll find ones that will. If American industry can provide critical commercial services without government development, then we'll buy them. And if commercial rockets are the only way to get American astronauts to the moon in the next five years, then commercial rockets it'll be. Well, two years have come and gone, so the vice president's ambitious 2024 goal of landing on the moon isn't really within reach anymore. Pence has left office, and of course, the SLS rocket didn't launch in 2020, And it's virtually certain that it's not going anywhere before 2022. So now what? What to do with this space launch system rocket is one of the biggest space policy questions the Biden administration, which still has to name its principal leaders, must face in the coming months. And it's true that this large rocket that NASA has spent a decade and almost $20 billion developing is getting closer to launching, but there are no guarantees about when it's going to be ready. 
If you look at Pence's speech, I think it's pretty clear that he spent time learning about NASA's issues and was frustrated and tried to address them. I mean, this thing was supposed to launch in 2016, and he was fed up with the delays. He thought the nation could do better. As one senior astronaut who was not a fan of the Trump administration told ours, he's the first vice president who has given an S-word about space in 20 years. But let's be real here. Without some extraordinary effort, the White House can't corral a program like the SLS rocket. It has broad support in Congress and supports jobs across the country. And the Trump administration never did. So when push came to shove, the White House went along with NASA and Congress and the big contractors like Boeing that are building the SLS rocket. I mean, they spent $2.5 billion every year to keep it going. And even though it didn't launch in 2020, it did make it to a test stand in Mississippi in preparation for a big static fire test earlier this month. They wanted to ignite the rocket's four main engines for four to eight minutes to show that it was ready for launch. Unfortunately, though, the rocket's core stage fired for only 67.2 seconds. So now NASA is trying to decide if it needs to be test-fired again before they ship it to its launch pad at Kennedy Space Center in Florida. After the test on January 16th and a news conference to discuss its preliminary results, ours spoke to NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine. He acknowledged that things hadn't gone as planned, but said the SLS program was moving forward. He said, we're close. We are so close. Okay, let's go back to Mike Pence. When he laid out the moon plan in 2019, it was Bridenstine's job to cobble together this plan to get humans to the lunar surface in five years. And within days of Pence's speech, Bridenstine seemed to be doing just that. He went before Congress and said NASA was studying the possibility of using SpaceX's Falcon Heavy rocket, which was already flying, to get the job done. And pretty soon... Influential members of Congress were telling him to knock it off. Even with Pence's talk about finding other contractors, the House and the Senate, they were having none of it. And for almost the whole rest of his tenure, Bridenstine spoke only of SLS launching humans to the moon. The commercial rocket insurrection was over. It was only after the big core stage test this January and the fact that he had less than four days remaining in his tenure as NASA administrator that Bridenstine even kind of wavered on this position. He said, NASA needs to go back and look at what the options are to go to the moon as quickly as possible. And I think that the SLS rocket is going to be that option if we're talking about sending humans to the moon. The SLS rocket may be close. But for NASA, the opportunity costs of flying it are high. The agency does need a large, powerful rocket to send humans and lots of cargo into deep space, yes, but maybe it doesn't need one that's based on technologies from the space shuttle era. I mean, that technology is nearly 50 years old, and so is the SLS booster. If they go this way, NASA's missing out on this revolution, spearheaded by SpaceX, but soon will be followed by Blue Origin in the United States and other space agencies around the world, like China and Europe, Japan and these other places. They're all looking to their next generation of rockets, and they're all considering reuse and the potential for many launches instead of just a few. 
In 2016, when Jeff Bezos talked about why his Blue Origin rocket company had been designed for reuse from the beginning, he said, Right now, the things you do in space have to be incredibly important. And because space access is so expensive, if you can do it in another way, you will. That's why you get very few launches. That changes if you can dramatically lower the cost of access. And the only way to do that is reusability. But NASA spent the entire last decade developing this huge expensive rocket that can only be used once. So they've ignored these technologies that might give them a shot at a more sustainable space transportation system. I mean, it was only just recently that they hadn't been investing in reusable space tugs to move cargo around between Earth and the moon, or harvest water resources from the moon and asteroids, and store and transfer propellant in space. These technologies, if you use them with a low-cost launch, are likely to be the breakthroughs that make space travel in the 21st century happen. Instead, Congress has told NASA to look backward, not forward. After this month's aborted static fire test, the future of the SLS rocket is uncertain. No one is really sure how the Biden administration will proceed or what Congress's reaction might be. But we can make some assumptions. If the SLS rocket fails catastrophically during the test phase, which totally isn't likely, but if it fails, or it doesn't succeed in its first test launch in a year or so, the program will become much more vulnerable to cancellation. And it seems totally unfair, but with the linear nature of the design and development program for this SLS rocket, it's not really undergoing a test campaign, but more like a validation campaign. And the second thing that would probably speed along the end of the SLS rocket would be if SpaceX successfully launches its Starship vehicle on a super heavy rocket. That launch system has more lift capacity than SLS. It's fully reusable and it could likely be operated at a tenth of the cost, or even way less. And that could happen before the end of 2021, but it's a pretty ambitious program, and it still has to address some significant technical challenges. So the fact that we won't be landing on the moon by 2024 may loom large in the Biden administration's calculus regarding SLS. If the big rocket is no longer needed soon for a 2024 landing, then what's the harm in waiting for less expensive commercial rockets to come along? What will probably happen, though, is the Biden administration will keep funding the SLS rocket, but it might try to slow or even stop the funding for an enhancement called the Exploration Upper Stage. It's under development by Boeing, and it'll cost billions of dollars more. But hold tight. We should get some answers to these questions in the coming months. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at wired.com slash science. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.